Hello everyone and welcome back, Dace here, and oh man, what is this? We got another totally separate podcast from Shmuptopia. What is going on? Some of you might be wondering. Well, it's kind of the same thing um, that I did with uh, Stonebeak Productions and Shmuptopia on YouTube. It kind of got to the point where shmups were just gaining more and more traction uh, just in terms of my personal preference and stuff like that. So I was like, you know what, before this completely dominates everything else, I, it might as well just have its own separate place to shine where it can just fully be in the spotlight on its own and just not like, complicate anything. So I was thinking the same sort of thing with the podcast. It's like, yeah, like I, I love that I am going the route of a dedicated shmup uh, podcast, but at the same time, there's just this immense ocean of excitement and passion to still tap into for everything other than shmups. And I was like, yeah, you know what? It just it deserves to have its own podcast. So we're just gonna we're just gonna go that route. So yeah, welcome to the first episode. I'm really stoked because we got a lot of stuff to go through um, this this time. This is gonna be a, a longer episode, guaranteed. Uh, maybe even like double the length of some of the normal ones because yeah, we just got the like the, the epic gaming history to share and then just a bunch of other things that uh, we'll get into but one thing i do want to mention is that somewhere in between all this beautiful info there will be details for a giveaway uh, hotline miami switch key uh, so be sure to listen through and pick out that uh, juicy goodness I'm actually just going to throw in a quick episode or a quick section uh, here because after finishing the episode, I realized that I was giving the email address for the giveaway uh, for Shmuptopia, and it's actually stonebeakproductions at gmail.com. So when I do say later on in the episode, uh, Shmuptopia podcast at gmail.com multiple times, just ignore that. If you guys do end up emailing the uh, giveaway uh, thing, to that address i'll still get it and i'll still apply it but i just wanted to clear that up so i'm just throwing this in and back to where we were the magic of editing but anyway i think a great place to start is my actual gaming history um i was actually talking to a friend this morning just about how yeah like i just love like i've always gravitated towards um and i think i use these exact same words <laughs> towards uh like the the backstory or just like the personal details surrounding um, just like how someone got started or this and that because it's always great to see the end result and be like oh wow like that's so cool or like this game is awesome but when you have an understanding or an in-depth look at the journey itself and all that kind of stuff there's just a wealth of really awesome information to just like latch onto and just yeah enjoy so I'm going to share my gaming history and just kind of like the, not ups and downs, but just like the times where I would come away from stuff or the things that I would zero in on and uh, systems I would skip or that sort of thing. And because of how much I will be babbling on, I will be sipping water periodically. So uh, just bear, bear with me. So anyway, uh, how did I get started in gaming? Well, <clears throat> excuse me. It was whatever year it would have been um my older brother had a nintendo that he bought and that was my first time ever knowing what games were ever experiencing video games myself so of course we started with things like mario 
um, one, two, and three. I'm not even sure how long Nintendo had been out for at this point. I don't think he got it right when they dropped or anything like that, but uh, it just it kind of showed up one day, and then it was just in my awareness and in my my uh, reality. So we had stuff like that, and of course I played these games and I enjoyed them because it was just like yeah, you're controlling a character, you're getting like these leaves that give you a tail and you can like fly and like do all these different things and avoid enemies. And we had a, a variety of other games too, like Tetris, Dr. Mario. Um, just, yeah, I'm not sure how many other different titles we would have had because like not too much of that really sticks out at this point. But uh, as much as I enjoyed gaming at that time, there was nothing really about the characters or the games that gripped me until... I came across Mega Man, and I think we had Mega Man, the first one we got was Mega Man 5 for Nintendo, and that was when, like, my my interest was taken to a whole other level, because, like, you can enjoy gaming, but if you're not, like, a super big Mario fan, like, for me, I personally, I don't really care for Mario games, like, I'm not, uh, I'm not crazy about them like some people are. It's just like, yeah, I'll, I'll pass, like whatever. But there was just something about Mega Man that really, really caught hold of me. And I remember just loving that at the time. My uh, one friend had some Mega Man games, like other ones that I didn't have. So we would sometimes borrow and exchange and all this kind of stuff. So that's kind of like how I got started. And from there, I I think the first game my parents ever got for me was uh, the DuckTales game for Nintendo, which was amazing because, like, the system itself wasn't mine, but just to get a game was so cool. And there was another one that came with, like, four different games on it. I don't remember what it was, but yeah, anyway, so there were a lot of awesome memories with Mega Man specifically and just other other games too. Like, I remember Marble Madness and just having crazy times with that or the game Cobra Triangle where you're just, it's essentially you're controlling a boat and you're boating around and avoiding obstacles and like going up against bosses that are just like these big sea serpent creatures and things like that. So like that was cool. And along the way, there were other games too that we had like, uh, um, we had a Rambo game. And I actually remember one one afternoon, it was a, a summer afternoon, I think, and I was playing Rambo, and we had like a slight tremor outside, and I specifically remember things on the wall, like shaking and stuff like that. It was pretty light, because uh, we don't really have much uh, in the way of severe earthquakes or anything like that here. Um, but yeah, it's just one little memory. And then we had uh, times where we would rent games from uh, the local VHS slash uh, like game place called Jackson's downtown. <laughs> oh man, I was going so far back. Oh, but yeah, just so many cool moments. So anyway, from from Nintendo, because it wasn't my system, there was, and of course I was very young, so it's not like I was making the dough and uh, buying my own games per se. Not yet anyway. Um, but, uh, from that, we kind of went to Sega Genesis. My brother got that as well. And I was really, really, really into the Mortal Kombat, uh, game that we had for that system. Like that was just something that was so to my liking, like 
just going up against Goro and just having all these awesome different ninjas to play with and like sweet abilities and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I'm pretty sure that would have been my first fighter game, to be honest. So uh, it's it's really cool looking back at that. Uh, from there, and again, of course, like this was my system, so I never bought anything for it. So from there, my brother also got PlayStation. And same deal, he, he got games. This is when I... Actually, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself because I did get Game Boy when I was in grade 5. So maybe I'll save the PlayStation aspect for just like after the Game Boy or the first chunk of the Game Boy. So I got Game Boy when I was in grade grade 5. Grade 5. I um, bought it used from a buddy who was getting rid of it. And I think the only game he gave with it was Solar Striker. So for those of you who know me and know the the epic tale that was my first shmup ever and yeah long story short just awesome game very challenging at the time uh so it's funny because he i think he was supposed to like bring it to no we were supposed uh, i'm not sure what the details were but for some reason he had like a delay or something and i didn't get it the day that i thought i would and I was just like distraught over this. And uh, I remember uh, passing out. I think I might have like had a, a sleep or something in the afternoon. Uh, maybe I was like so distraught. I like just passed out from like the emotional <laughs> anguish and everything. Um, but I remember waking up and what my mother had done while I slept was she had like gone to the, the kid's house and uh, like just yeah sorted out whatever and had picked this up for me so it was like there when I woke up and it was like the most amazing thing ever and I remember just being like so blown away so uh yeah that was like really cool so anyway um I'll kind of like juggle between the PlayStation phase and Game Boy but Game Boy definitely came first and I Game Boy was my thing like it there was just something so personal it was like wow this is my very first system like it's the first system I've ever had and that is what I got games for that's what I started I I, I like would take I, I okay here's the thing I didn't have allowance none of my siblings that went the like allowance route that's just not how the family did it but we did get money for doing like chores and stuff like cutting grass or um, just different things so that's what I kind of like pooled my funds uh together for uh is like games i would buy games from friends at school like use game boy games like the hunt for red october nail and scale just things that oh were so good and then there was a a store downtown called byway and they had like just a rack of like these cartridges in plastic and um it was just like 11 bucks for a game or whatever. I remember getting Metal Masters, which was like you get like a a big mech or robot style thing and then you like fight against other dudes just like 1v1 style. So uh, yeah, there were a whole bunch of games. Um, interestingly enough, over the course of my Game Boy collecting um, phase of all the Game Boy systems that I had and whatever, I had like well over 60 games and for me at the time anyway that was a huge amount like I honestly didn't know anyone else who could even come close and it was the same for my friend GT some of you will know uh, him from uh, 
when I was streaming regularly and all that stuff and uh, whatever. He he had a collection that was like up there as well. Whereas most of the time people had like just a handful of games and it was kind of just like more of a casual thing. But like we were diehard for, for Game Boy. So it was really awesome collecting for that. I, I had Game Boy and then I got Game Boy Color. Oh my God, I can still remember Oh, the day I got Game Boy Color. So my brother and his girlfriend at the time for my birthday, they got me a Game Boy Color and it was either that or my parents did. And then my brother and his girlfriend got me Dragon Warrior Monsters. That might have been what they did. I don't recall exactly. And I remember at the time thinking like, oh my God, like they spent like so much because like, man, now that I think of it, Game Boy games back in the day were so expensive. It was like 50 bucks and we're talking like what year like holy smokes so i remember thinking like what you guys spent a fortune on this like one game like you guys are nuts um but honestly i can say i had experience with uh pokemon red and pokemon yellow i think or did yellow come over for game boy color i'm not sure but anyway i had experience with pokemon but when I got Dragon Warrior Monsters, oh man, I was so blown away. It was way more to my liking in terms of like, I like what's which one I prefer. I would I would choose Dragon Warrior Monsters over Pokemon any day, and that's because like for me, I'm always more into the fantasy realm, whereas there was something so Earth like about Pokemon. But in Dragon Warrior Monsters, like you you leave your like normal life uh i think you teleport through like a dresser or something because like uh this monster comes and kidnaps your sister something like that and so you go into this world called great tree where there's just this giant tree that has this whole kingdom inside the trunk and up top in the leaves and all this stuff and it was just so so incredible i was playing this uh simultaneously with gt because he got the game around the same time and we were like both playing it and just loving it and the music oh tan okay this this episode is going to probably be like four hours and it's going to be full of tangents but interestingly enough there's a song called never-ending journey in dragon warrior monsters and that song is the reason that i eventually um got into my second ocarina phase and i say second it was like my first serious phase but um it was when I actually pursued and started looking at what kind of uh, professional quality uh, ocarinas actually exist. My first phase was kind of when I was a kid and there was a, a store that sold like decorative things and stuff like that. And I came across uh, the ocarina and I had known about the ocarina instrument because of Link's Awakening, Link's Awakening DX for Game Boy Color, which I will get into in a minute, because that is another huge heavy hitter for me. Um, so at the time, I had no idea that it was actually a real thing. But when I saw it in the store, I was like, whoa, no way. But of course, this was just like a cheaply made uh, thing. Like you could make notes on it, but it wasn't really designed to actually compose music and to have like accurate notes and that sort of stuff. So that's technically my first phase into exploring the ocarina but my second phase came many years later but anyway this the song from dragon warrior monsters uh is the reason that i 
pursued that and just that's a whole other story i got so into that i've composed tens upon tens of ocarina pieces and all that kind of stuff so anyway um oh my god where was i uh so dragon warrior monsters yeah so that was amazing i think without even meaning to that was probably the first time i ever played a preposterous amount on a single game like this day and age it's nothing to put 100 hours into a game but at that time gt and i both put i think about 120 hours like and i don't mean combined like i just i mean like i played 120 hours or something like that and he did but anyway if you don't know that game please check it out i would love if they did a collection of the uh dragon warrior monsters games on switch and if they did it physically that would just be amazing so that was like one of the huge huge things um and then there were things like uh other big ones that just really captivated me uh, were crystallis the gbc version anyway and wario land 3 was just phenomenal that is my absolute favorite uh i think it was a couple years back now i did a let's play of that on the snes mini snes snes however you want to say it uh because Card Dreamer hooked Autumn and I up with that, with a bunch of, like, extra games on it. And that's an understatement, because he put, like, six billion games, which is amazing. But yeah, it was really, really cool revisiting that game. There's just something so amazing about the visuals in that, the sound effects, the platforming, the fact that you cannot die in that game. That was another thing, like, that just got me so into um, Wario Land 3, like, most of the time, like, I think every other game, except for Tetris and stuff like that, of course, like, you always have a certain amount of lives or a health bar, so you can always die, but in this game, it was like, wow, you mean I can't, my character cannot die? It's just that I can have different status effects happen to me to prevent me from getting to here or here, but there was just something so fascinating about that that just blew me away, and, like, the level design and the bosses and the story... Oh man, I so want that on Switch. But anyway, let's let's go into uh, Link's Awakening DX. That was one of the first games that I bought. I think myself for Game Boy Color, which I, I think, except for like maybe one or two games or something like that, I bought all of these games myself. Um, but that was crazy. I don't think I had ever before played an RPG that I'm pretty sure that was the first. So man, I, I still remember just my mind at the time because I was young, I didn't even have like anything developed mentally in terms of understanding what our basic like in-game mechanics or ideas like different concepts that you like you just we we take for granted the fact that like we just understand these things but at the time like i remember near the very beginning when you are supposed to use the magic powder on the raccoon in the forest like it seems like a very simple thing like he's giving you a hint uh, or someone someone's giving you a hint about like what to do but for me i was i was stumped on that because it was like well, like, what do I do? Like, there was, like, there was no experience before to have any sort of idea what, what I was supposed to do. So, like, I just wasn't making those connections. So, that game was a major eye-opener. It's still one that I played to this day. It is still one of, it's easily my favorite Zelda game, hands down. 
I oh, it is just so good. I played that so many times, and it is just such an epic story. It's such an epic masterpiece. Like the music, oh, the visuals, like just everything about it is just amazing. And uh, interestingly enough, another tangent: <laughs> the way Card Dreamer, Card Dreamer, and I met was through YouTube. Him and Ash did a Link's Awakening discussion video. And I remember in 2018, I was just like feeling like seeing what people were talking about on that, if there were any sweet discussions. And so I checked that one out. And these two guys I was listening to, they just knew the game to a T like I did. And I was just like, oh man, like they totally get how amazing this is. I've got to message them. So I like left something in the comments just like, oh my God, like you guys like totally get it. And I just love it and blah, blah, blah. And it's like all a blur from there. Just an epic, epic story from there of uh, knowing Car Dreamer and all that. So, uh, oh God, where were we? Um, yes. So Game Boy Color, lots of amazing times with that. Um, I think it'll be neat. Maybe every once in a while in these episodes doing like a a, a shorter uh, episode maybe either include it in the normal episodes or have like a, a mini series of shorter ones where I kind of just zero in and take a, a more in-depth look at some of my favorites from way back I think that would be really cool so if you guys like that idea let me know um, by emailing me or social media whatever on twits uh, let me know um, but yeah from Game Boy Color, then I went to Game Boy Advance. That was awesome because, you know, you had uh, Golden Sun. That was insane. Like, at the time, the graphical advancements and all that stuff, like, I had never even fathomed anything like Golden Sun being capable on a handheld. So that was another epic journey that I just got really into. And again, GT was playing it right there with me um, as well because he picked it up too. So just, there was that whole phase, uh, just all sorts of Mega Man games on, uh, GBC and GBA and just all sorts of other stuff. Um, and then from there I got the SP, Game Boy SP, and that was holy doodle. That was amazing because it's like, what, you got a, a light built into the screen? Like, are you kidding me? So that was epic. And of course I just like plowed through more games on that system too. And then that's kind of when it tapered off, like DS came out, or at least what I was aware of is DS came out uh, after that. And I did pick one up, but I wasn't as crazy about it because it, it wasn't a Game Boy and it was so much into Game Boy, but uh, I picked one up and I had a bunch of games for it and it was cool and stuff. I remember having uh, the Ninja Plus game and just designing these insanely epic and challenging levels, um, and, like, just having my, my friends play them and stuff like that, there was actually one winter night, um, so here's the deal, like, GT and I were in the, the mode of, like, coming up with super challenging levels, and then, uh, it was mainly me doing that, because I was the one that had the game, but he was always, like, really stoked to just, like, take on the challenge and see if he could top that next, like, crazy impossible level, so there was one winter night, it was, oh, I couldn't even tell you how brutal the blizzard was and how deadly slippery the roads were. But I, I let him know, like, oh, man, I just, I finished 
creating what I think is like my most challenging level yet, man. And <laughs> he drove out through this blizzard at yeah some late hour in the night and he sat in my room in the basement at my parents on the carpet like up against the the wall he sat there for like four hours straight until he beat this level and uh, then he drove home at like some ungodly hour in the morning and uh, (laughs) just thinking about stuff like that just the dedication and just the Oh man, just the the sheer determination and joy of just like, oh man, just crazy challenges. So good. So anyway, I eventually got rid of uh, all of my handheld stuff, except I had forgotten that I had like two Game Boys and I had lent one to one of my sisters and a couple games, uh, Star Wars A New Hope and The Return of the Jedi. And oddly enough, just late last year, I think it was, or middle of the year, uh, that was actually returned to me and I had no idea that I even still had that. So that was crazy. But I sometimes think about just how like, man, like I prized my collection, but then when I got to a certain age, it was like, yeah, I kind of just don't see myself like playing this anymore. And so I just, I literally just gave it all away. I, uh, sent it to a thrift store because I was like, yeah, you know what? I can't be bothered to attempt finding someone to get this stuff. So I just sent it all away. Um, And it's not that I regret it because, like, I know someone would find that and just be like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Like, this is so cool. And it's just, yeah, it was a way of blessing someone else. But at the same time, like, going forward after that experience, it was like, yeah, you know what? I don't ever see myself doing that again with, uh, like, a collection like this. Like, my Switch stuff, for instance, like, that's not going anywhere. Um as far as like my choosing anyway. Um, so yeah, that was like my Game Boy phase. And of course, part of the PlayStation phase started within that. So I'll get into that now. Um, so yeah, like I said earlier, my brother had PlayStation. He had um, games like uh, Oddworld, Abe's Exodus, and I love that. And I don't think he had like too much. Like there was some Tetris game. I forget the name. Um, but yeah, he had some games and this is when I started to kind of like buy, uh, games for a system I didn't have, but because he was still living at home at the time, it was like, oh, cool. So, um, he did pick up Riven, which is the sequel to Myst. And to this day, that is one of my top, top games of all time, Myst and Riven. And oh my God, Riven was so good. I remember certain winter afternoons in the basement, like the sun would be cascading through into the, uh, the rec room and we'd have the wood stove going and just sitting there on the lazy boy playing Riven, roaming around these five islands, figuring out what to do with dirt, uh, certain contraptions, f- uh, figuring out how to use like these devices and just navigating and solving these puzzles and like all this awesome stuff. And GT would sometimes be over on weekends and he was just really into watching this kind of stuff unfold too. So, uh, yeah, it was definitely PlayStation that I entered my, my core RPG phase. I, once I experienced like PlayStation RPGs, that was the thing that really took off. So for me, it was like Final Fantasy VIII. That was my first one ever on PlayStation and it's still one that I play to this day. I did a Let's Play last year of it. 
And then, of course, I had stuff like uh, Final Fantasy IX, which GT actually uh, gave to me for my one of my birthdays. I'm not sure which one, but I remember being so blown away because that was like... Oh, I'm not even sure how much it was. It was either like 60 or $90 or some preposterous amount way back. Uh, but he bought it, and it was just like the craziest unexpected gift ever, and I remember loving that. I also remember one of the battles when the kingdom is being attacked and you're taking on those like big like giant insect looking slug things or whatever with the flashing spotted lights on their throats um i remember getting to that point in the game and there was a defect or something and it just would not load beyond that point so i remember eventually taking the game back to uh, electronics boutique and being like yeah like so i got this for my birthday but they yeah, like at this point it does this and this and they were really cool about it and they they gave me a new copy so it was sweet finishing that. But uh, yeah, I'm talking like Lunar Silver Star Story Complete. I had that box set which came with like the, the pendant, the fabric map, the hardcover like um, book that goes over like all the details of just like the making of and all that kind of stuff and the soundtrack like... And then, like, stuff like Star Ocean 2, Jade Cocoon, Wild Arms games. I forget which ones. Maybe, like, number two or something. Um, Grandia, Xeno Gears. Yeah, I had that. Um, Chrono Cross is one of my favorites. Oh, my God. And, of course, my other huge favorite is The Legend of Dragoon. If I didn't babble that already. Um, oh. Seriously, those two have got to come to Switch with physicals. I don't even want remakes. I don't care. I literally just want the originals. Like, please. Oh, man. But seriously, the amount of times I've played through those games, it's crazy. So that was like a huge, huge concentration. And then, of course, I had other things like uh, the Metal Gear Solid VR missions game and just like all sorts of things. And then from that, I actually bought my first like non portable system i got dreamcast and i'm telling you guys like that game or that system is still amazing to me there's just something about it that is just they're they're like it's like this whole series of delicious memories when i think about it. like i got i got the sonic bundle so that came with sonic adventure and sonic shuffle and i still remember getting that home that night and setting it up and just booting it up for the first time and just being like, wow, like I bought this system. This is mine. And this is my first time playing Dreamcast. Like, wow, like this controller is crazy wild and like all this stuff. Um, so that was really exciting. Uh, I still have some of my Dreamcast games. And yeah, like I said, just so many fond, fond memories that I just cherish from those days. It's kind of like I had this own little pocket of uh like my own little realm almost just sitting down in the basement at my parents and just loving it um and i think for those who know me you'll know that I, i'm not into racing games but um the i've kind of had a, a phase where i enjoyed mario kart 8 deluxe on switch but other than that it's just like eh but uh for me the uh, pod racing game on Dreamcast is something that just hooked me just because it was so insanely fast and chaotic 
and like just over the top. And I remember GT and I would play that all the time and it got so, so crazy. Like for, so, so for those who don't know the game, um, you can do like the whole like boost your speed thing by like building up this meter and then smashing like one of the buttons to like do this uh, thing. So like <laughs> all you would ever hear when GT and I would be playing this would be like the boost going off because like we knew how aggressive the other player was like him and I are just like so we were just so into it that it was just like okay if I'm not giving it my all like it's gonna be like a loss so it's like right from the get-go you've just got to be going berserk so like every every like two seconds you just be hearing like as like we're just like charging these up and firing them them off as fast as we can and just sometimes there would be such crazy close matches where it's like Oh, like you just need that extra boost and then you finally get it or like sometimes like something would happen that's like oh like you fumble something or you're just like no now he's like getting ahead of me it was just like so crazy so yeah oh man that was like such good times and then i had stuff like <clears throat> the game silver which is kind of like Baldur's gate for playstation 2 um it's not co-op though it's like you just play the game by yourself but you have like npcs that roam around with you and i remember that game being really gorgeous i saw it at eb uh, like electronics boutique and it just looked really cool on the back so i picked it up and it ended up being this awesome game so i checked that out uh, another game i loved was wetrix plus that's a game where you have like a uh, a square base and items start falling so you've got to build up walls because some of the items are clouds that contain water. So you want to contain the water. And if a certain amount spills over the edge and all this kind of stuff, then blah, 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 you uh, lose. If the water meter goes up too high and then you get like ducks. And uh, then if you have more ducks on the field and then you use a meteor to get rid of pools, that's how you get like huge scores and all this stuff. So there was a lot of fun with that. You you could play two player and GT and I, once again, we're playing tons of wetrix plus so yeah just a lot of games sonic shuffle is like probably one of my favorite games that's uh like a, a board game where you just go around boards and different events or mini games happen and that is just a blast i, I still want to be playing that I've, I've still got it and I, it's just a matter of hooking that kind of stuff up um so yeah dreamcast overall was just an epic epic time and then from there i actually bought uh, a used PlayStation 2 from a buddy and a bunch of games. And I got really into the Armored Core games. Those are like the battling mechs where you customize and buy parts and all this kind of stuff. And I was really into that because for PlayStation, uh, the, the original PlayStation, I had Armored Core, uh, which the graphics are atrocious. Uh, I remember going back after seeing the PS2 ones and just being like, how did GT and I ever play this? Like, it was just crazy. But yeah, we that was another game that we just got so into. So yeah, PlayStation 2 was sweet. Um, I eventually started having issues with the used one. So I bought one of the slim ones. And of course, I had like stuff like uh, uh, Final Fantasy X. That was an another epic RPG that I just love. Uh, I played that game multiple times. I currently have it on the go on Switch too, actually. 
Um, other than that, I know I had like more games like Devil May Cry. Yeah, that was awesome stuff. Um, but I didn't go crazy with PlayStation either. But I had a, a decent amount. Um, and I still have that and some of my games. I have like my RPGs or at least the super main ones. I uh, eventually let go of some of the other stuff way back. Um, but I still have like my Final Fantasies, my Chrono Cross and Legend of Dragoon. Um, so yeah. So this is where we get to the interesting part because I was loving gaming. I was loving what I was doing. Oh, by the way, like Mega Man X3 or uh, what? which one is it? Mega, you know, Mega Man X4, 5, and 6 are all on PlayStation. And holy smokes, I was so into those games, especially 6. There's something so good about 6. And of course, Mega Man 8 has a release on PlayStation. So like that was another whole chunk of like the PlayStation and PlayStation 2 uh, experience. Um, but yeah, anyway, after PlayStation 2, I kind of was seeing what was happening with like games becoming more and more online and stuff like that with uh, like later whatevers and the titles and the quality of the titles that were coming out were kind of starting to not really appeal to me. So I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm okay to just not take this any further. So from... Yeah, PlayStation 2 until Switch, I swear I did not have another console. I didn't play anything else on a different console in between that time. It was like, for a number of years, I just kept playing the games that I had. Like, Chrono Cross, Legend of Dragoon, the Final Fantasies, those were like RPGs I went through every single year. And just other games too. Like, And then eventually I got to the point, I think, for a two-year period from... 2015 and onwards for two years I didn't play a single game I don't think um one thing I do want to mention though before this is that I did have a bit of computer gaming um like a bit of a phase there Uh, not much because like it was cool and all but it just really wasn't my thing like systems were um but I did love stuff like Heroes of Might and Magic 2 and 3 those are still some of my favorites I didn't do anything after the fact because when they they changed the way it looked and all that stuff after 3 I was just like okay I don't even want to bother so uh there was like that kind of stuff Mist which there's probably going to be a an episode on Mist um at some point but that is one that I that was mind-blowing. That was absolutely mind-blowing. Um, again, just like Riven, like solving things uh, and just having no idea what to do at times, but just being so intrigued by the fact that like you're just this, uh, like you don't even see your character. You're just pointing and clicking and you're just exploring this island and working with devices and like f- figuring things out. Like I, it was unlike anything I had ever experienced. So that was epic. So yeah, other than that, I I didn't play for a two-year period. Um, and then in yeah, when the Switch came out, I wasn't on board right away. Like someone showed me the trailer for the Switch or whatever, and I was like, okay, like, yeah, like whatever. I don't really care. But um the more I thought about it, I was like, yeah, you know what? I'll like look at what games are coming out. And um there was a game I played on 
my laptop at the time. I think I played it in 2017 or something like that. Uh, I played Celeste, the original version. So I was aware of that game. And so when I found out that Celeste was going to be coming to the Switch, I think this was like a month after the Switch had like dropped because I didn't get it like day one or anything like that. So when I heard that Celeste was coming out, I was like, okay, now I'm getting a Switch. Like that is the reason. Like it was a no-brainer at that point. I saw the trailer for it. Um, and I could have some of my times off by a little bit because I'm not sure when that was even announced, but like give or take, it wasn't too long after Switch came out that I got my Switch and I got it because Celeste, oh my god. And then there was like the long, long wait for that game to actually come out. So in the meantime, of course, I got Breath of the Wild right away. That was unlike anything I had ever, ever experienced before. I had no idea there were even things like I had no idea what an open world game was because like when I came away after PlayStation 2 like I didn't look at games I didn't watch games I didn't I wasn't exposed or around games whatsoever so I had no idea what was going on in the gaming world so the fact that you could go anywhere do like quote unquote anything was just crazy like I I have a lot of fond memories of that game and uh I just remember loving like the fact that, like, oh, you see that thing that, like, one spot in nature 100 kilometers away. Oh, I'm just going to, like, run there now. Or, oh, I wonder what's at the very top of that cliff. I'm just going to climb there. And always, I've always been a huge fan of, like, things way off in the distance. So that game was, like, the perfect fit for me. Just being able to see, like, this tiny glowing thing so far away and being like, what is that? Like, I want to know what that is. I want to go and see what that is. So... Like, you wouldn't even care about playing the game for the story, like, because you're just roaming around and, like, you're just creating these objectives or these little missions that, like, don't really accomplish anything other than you explore. And that was so exciting for me. Interestingly interestingly enough, when I, the first day I got the Switch and uh, Breath of the Wild, um... I started playing Breath of the Wild. I only played for like 10 minutes here and there. And then it kind of worked up to the point where it was like, okay, now I played for an hour. And then soon enough, it was like eight hours, certain days or like five hours sitting on the couch uh, during the weekend or whatever. But one thing I do want to mention is um, Autumn and I were working at the same place at the time. And I remember she had the the details are slightly hazy, but I think she had the day off or something. And so she was like, because these were like sold out like all the time <clears throat> at the time anyway. And, uh, she had the day off and was like, Oh, well, yeah, I can just, uh, like go pick one up and see what I can do. And so I remember getting home from work and she was like there and it was like just this amazing experience where it was like, wow, like, this is here now. Like, what? So that was really, really cool. Water time. Because <sighs> my I can feel my throat going. And we're still in the history part. Holy smokes. We're at like 43 minutes or something. We haven't even gotten to like anything else yet. Oh, but I did say it would be a lengthy episode. So hang in there, peeps. You're doing amazing. Um. So yeah, 
Switch was amazing. Like, uh, it was kind of the same deal that most other people went through. They played through Breath of the Wild, and then it's like, okay, Mario Kart. And then it was like, yeah, like, what do I play now? Like, I, I wasn't in the <clears throat> mindset of buying digital games yet, so that's just not something I even thought about or considered whatsoever. And then from there, <clears throat> excuse me, I might even pause this <laughs> and then like come back after my, th- my voice has like recovered a little bit. We'll see how I, how it goes. But, um, so yeah, over time games slowly started trickling onto the plat or uh, onto, onto the switch. And that's kind of when I just got more and more into different games at this point in time the concept of an indie game did not exist to me. Like, I had no idea that that was even anything. Um, So eventually I started dipping into uh, indie games and realizing that, like, holy smokes, like, these are actually way, way more to my liking than, like, the AAA titles, which was actually, like, something that was a pretty big turnoff and still is in ways, to be honest. Like, there's just something so much more rich and enjoyable about indies for me anyway and but that's that's a huge discussion for later so we'll get into that another time um but yeah so it kind of just gradually built up there was just more and more passion happening there was more excitement happening for the switch and the games coming out and all this kind of stuff and it got to the point where i was like you know what i i have so much excitement for this i have got to do something to share this because all I'm doing right now is playing games and that's cool and all but like there was just something welling up inside me that was like I've got to share this with the world so I was like you know what I'm gonna start a YouTube channel and uh I like I knew nothing about how to record games or like any of this kind of stuff but I got an Elgato capture card and I started that in 2008 18 at the start of the year or something like that and yeah that was super transformative um that just became what it did it's been an epic ride but yeah like it, it's just been it's just been building momentum like i mean uh, the switch uh experience anyway like it's just so crazy at this point it's so good So that kind of brings us up to where things are now. Like I've eventually, I did, like I mentioned at the start, like a Shmuptopia. I started a a specific dedicated Shmup channel for Shmups. And it, yeah, like YouTube has been great and everything. And I still keep up with that, but I'm kind of toning certain things down. And that's why with podcasting like I just feel like it's a refreshing new medium to be exploring and I feel it really suits and gives opportunity to just get into a lot more of the background details or just like the the in-depth stuff that isn't always going to come out in gameplay videos or reviews because those are very focused on other things other aspects so uh I think that's a great place to kind of just like wrap up the the history portion of the episode um, that is like a big, big chunk, but that's kind of like things in a nutshell. There, there's obviously a lot in between, like little, little details that I kind of didn't get into, but that's to be expected. Like I could just shoot off memories of 
when oh I was playing this game or when I was at GTs on the weekend and like he was showing me this or that but like those will be things that can kind of filter out as we go so anyway what is next oh my god I suppose I'll talk about what I've been playing lately as in like the last week or the last few days so over the last few days I was starting to feel like yeah you know what it's been a long time since I played Skyrim I kind of feel like booting that up and uh, so quick story another tangent back in I think it I think that came out in 2018 or did it come out in the winter of 2017 I don't remember but it was like the winter I remember having off because I was doing uh, a job at the time that was seasonal so I had the winter off totally and uh, I remember like going to Walmart day one when that game came out and like waiting for the guy to open the box because he hadn't even unstocked it yet um or uh, unboxed it whatever and i remember coming home and like booting that up creating a character i was already sold on argonian because i would like that just looked and sounded the cool the coolest to me so i remember just sinking into the couch on cold blustery winter afternoons and just playing all day and loving it at the time, Autumn was working a job, so um, I was like just home alone and just immersed in this incredible experience. And interestingly enough, um, as much as Breath of the Wild was like mind blowing because you could do like all these things, um, Skyrim blew me away. I think in a different way. Even though you can't glide and like you can't just scale any mountain you want and like all this kind of stuff, uh, there was just something about Skyrim that was like, wow, like this looks like this is mature um, compared to like Breath of the Wild, where everything is like supposed to be like cute characters and like all this kind of stuff. This was like, holy smokes, this is like serious business now. Like, like yeah, I'm sure you guys know what I mean. Like, you've got vampires, you've got like nasty peeps coming at you like you can do some pretty crazy things like i remember oh man another tangent we are just getting crazy here Uh, i remember this one time like when i was playing it i was keeping my character in a state of like only making like pure decisions like never doing anything like stealing from people and this sort of stuff but i remember one situation where uh, i was like in my home in skyrim and or I was somewhere and I was abducted by like this brotherhood or whoever they are. I might be getting the details a little mixed up, but anyway, I was abducted and taken to this place and then my blindfold came off or you can't, you come to and they're just like, oh, like blah, blah, blah. We've been hearing this and that. You must like kill one of these three people. And there are three peeps on the the floor with like blindfolds and you talk to each one to like hear their story or whatever. And I joined the group by like killing these people and I remember specifically remember like just being so blown away by like oh my god like this is it like there's no turning back now like I've joined this like this group and like it's just it's all it's all for like going down the road of darkness now and uh, (laughs) that's pretty much what happened like at that point I was like okay all bets are off like it's all about just like killing and like plundering all this stuff so yeah, I have fond memories thinking of that turning point where it was just like this righteous individual and then all of a sudden like one little thing happens and it's like, all right, screw it. It's just like 
death and destruction from here on out. Uh, so yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, getting back on on track. Um, yeah. So yeah, I've been <laughs> playing Skyrim the last few days. It's been really really cool. Um, because yeah, it had been so long. Like, it's one of those things where like I I was into it for like a hundred hours or over a hundred hours. And now getting back into it, it didn't take long to get used to the controls again. And it's just like, wow, this is on a handheld system. Like, you got to be joking me. Like, the visuals are pretty awesome. Like, I get, like, the PC is going to look a certain way, but, like, for Switch, like, are you kidding me? This looks amazing. Like, there's no right to complain about that. Um, So, yeah, that's been really cool. Just, like, booting up quests here and there, like, doing one or two quests a day. And just kind of getting some of the getting some of that kind of stuff back on track where it's like, yeah, if I just chip away at this a little bit here and there, I'm just always progressing, even though I'm not putting myself into a huge concentration where that's all I'm playing these days, <clears throat> which is great because like shmups are a huge focus and my, uh, my roller gun, roller gunning, my r- rolling gunner practice is like a, a pretty big focus right now. So it's neat to just like have little bits and pieces of other things to throw into the mix so other than that um i played lazy galaxy rebel story yesterday my buddy slabe mentioned that it was on sale i picked it up for i think 13 cents or something outrageous and that's a shmup Uh, i won't go too in depth there because like this kind of stuff can be on shmuptopia um so yeah it's mainly been that kind of stuff so that's what i've been playing lately uh, we will just get into the next area. We're going to touch on new arrivals. Of course, some of you see that I post little clips or pics on Twitter of things that show up or whatever. So recently, I've received my Blasphemous Collector's Edition from Limited Run Games, which I haven't even opened it yet. Since I have the game digitally, thanks to Card Dreamer, I might even just leave it sealed for, for the time being. Um, Bubble Bobble for friends or friend of friends showed up yesterday. The reason I bought that is because I had Bubble Bobble for Game Boy way back. And uh, even though I'm not crazy about the series, I was like, yeah, you know what? It'd be neat to see what they've done um, in this modern age. So I was like, yeah, I don't mind getting that for Switch. So it'll be neat to dip into that at some point. And then Xenoblade Chronicles definitive edition i got the working class (laughs) set as i like to call it uh because the other one is either like always sold out or it's like oh okay it's available everyone but it doesn't ship to canada so it's like oh okay great i might as well just get this um on amazon and it was only like 10 or 20 bucks more than the standard physical like the plain edition so i was like who Like, there's no way I'm going to buy that when I can just buy this for a little bit more and have the hardcover art book and just whatever. So I haven't opened that yet, and I'm not going to until I actually play it, but I've committed to finishing the three, um, at least the three RPGs that I have on the go. So FF7, FF10, and what's the other one? There's another one. This is the first time that I am not recalling what that third game is. Oh yeah, Octopath Traveler. I got that game day one too, and I'm still not done. I've That one's been really, really tricky because I'll sometimes have these con- concentrations, but there's just something about the, the uh, 
the difficulty level of like the monsters like you get to a certain point and then it's just like every monster and every boss is just preposterously over the top powerful and so it's like oh well I think a lot of people have experiences where it's like you've just got to grind like crazy after you hit a certain level so that's kind of where I am Uh, but I do want to come back to it because it's got an amazing look the music is phenomenal it's like it's it's like you're sitting playing an old school um, PlayStation game or something that might have been on like Super Nintendo. Not that I had one until like way, way later. And I, at that point, I didn't even have much anyway uh, to play on there. But uh, there's just something really rich and nostalgic about that, even though like there was no previous game in the series or anything because there is no series it's just by itself so yeah i, I want to beat those three games before i even start any other rpgs and believe me i've got a list of ones just waiting like battle chasers card dreamer did this awesome video showcasing that on uh, d class way back it was either that or a stream and i was sold the moment i saw it and then i've got other stuff um like Nino, uh, what is it? Uh, Nino Kune. I've got that. I've got uh, Tales of Vesperia, which I think it was this past Christmas. Card Dreamer gifted that my way, so that was like a, a big surprise. And actually, no, it wasn't a surprise because we were skyping, and Autumn and myself and Card Dreamer were skyping when we were all opening our presents and stuff, and. Uh, I, I definitely guessed what it was, and I remember Cardroom being like, yeah, well, at this point, you might as well just open it, because, like, yeah, you already know anyway, so. But what I, I think I meant to say was it was just a nice gift to receive, even though I kind of, like, deduced what it was going to be. Um, so, yeah, that was great times. Uh, so, yeah, like, that's kind of where I'm going with uh, Xenoblade Chronicles. I'm not touching any of that until this other stuff is, like, dealt with and then after xenoblade chronicles i'm going to get into number two and then torna after that so what else has shown up lately um i picked up the snk collection from walmart uh last week and i wasn't even meaning to i had no idea what was even on this thing i i've been aware of the game for ages but i just never looked at it but when we were there the other night and we started looking at like the uh the games list not that that's included on the back of the case as far as i know we actually ended up looking up on the phone um but i was seeing like all these retro shmups and it was like what like this is a no-brainer like for the price i was like okay i'm 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 going home with this so that's another thing uh and then dragon marked for death i actually a huge thanks to ej fanatic erica uh for picking these up because about a month ago, I was having this huge craving for finally picking this up. This is another one that Slabe uh, recommended to me uh, because it's like a a 2D side-scrolling platformer monster hunter, essentially. And he told me about this game uh, like a year ago. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, like whatever. Like looks awesome, but... It was on my wish list for the longest time on uh, Amazon. But it wasn't until I played through Gunvolt and Gunvolt 2 and then uh, Gunvolt Chronicles, Luminous Avengers, IX, uh, a little over a month ago now. I I ripped through 
uh, all of those games and did Let's Plays for them. And that's when I was like, okay, I've got to see what else these these peeps have done game-wise. And that's when I was like, oh yeah, they did this game. And so I looked at it again and it was like, okay, I've got to be playing this like right now. I've got to be playing, playing Dragon Mark for Death. So of course I go and check and it's nowhere to be found on Amazon.ca uh, uh, unless it's like this over-the-top price for some reason. It was like people were asking a hundred bucks for it. And of course I checked like Play Asia and they had like it wasn't as expensive, but it was still expensive enough. And I was like, yeah, you know what? Like, it takes weeks and weeks for stuff to come from there and make it here. Uh, so I was like, oh, there's got to be something I can do. So I was talking to Erica and I was like, yeah, like, yeah, I'm not sure how I even worded it. But she, anyway, she was like, oh, well, what about Best Buy? Like, because, uh, whatever so I checked and like Best Buy here didn't have anything but she was like oh well yeah it's like yeah 20 or 25 bucks US here so I was like are you kidding me are you absolutely kidding me people are charging 100 bucks for this everywhere else and you're telling me that you can get these copies with like the full DLC and all that stuff for 25 US like I was like sign me up so I got her to order three copies because I was thinking like this is very geared towards multi multiplayer, and even though I'm going to tackle it solo for the first while, when I do start it anyway, um, I was thinking, I know Autumn might want to get in on this, because her and I do, like, uh, Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate um, together. We do quests together, and uh, I do some online stuff too. So I was like, yeah, if this is anything like that in ways, then she might want to get in on it. And uh, I was thinking like, okay, in case GT wants to get on board too and like go questing with us, I might as well just get three copies. So um, those actually just showed up a, a few days ago and it was getting to the point where it was like, wow, like did they get lost in the mail? Like it's literally been a month and a day since these were like, uh, since I last heard anything. And I, I didn't want to ask about it because I was like, well, you know what? I'll just be patient. They're probably just taking a long time because of world events and stuff, but they finally showed up. I'm really stoked to get into that at some point. And that kind of wraps up the new arrivals uh, section. So games on the way, like I've got a long list of things that are like sort of in the works in terms of pre-orders, but the things that are actually on the way now, <clears throat> Real Mist from Limited Run Games, when I, for, okay, for the longest time, I've wanted Mist and Riven to come to Switch. So when Cyan mentioned that LRG was going to do, like, real Mist, I was just, like, blown away. I was like, okay, that's it. We're done. It's, like, Mist, Mist. Like, we're talking Mist on Switch. Like, get real. Now, of course, this is the non-point-and-click version. I've never played real Mist. This is where it's, like, live time where you're you're walking and moving and there's no clicking anywhere. So that'll be a really interesting experience because I have major nostalgia for just uh, clicking where I want to go. But at the same time, it's going to be so, it's going to be such an immersive experience, kind of having that extra layer of like, wow, you're actually in it. Uh, so it'll be neat to, to scope that. That is on the way and I am so stoked. I honestly... I I've said this numerous times on Twitter and I will continue to say it. Please bring Riven. Like it doesn't need to be anything fancy, a remake, anything. Just please bring Riven to the Switch. Please bring it 
to the Switch physically. Please, I don't care who does it, as long as Riven gets onto the Switch and that will just be it. That's game over right there. Please, please, please. So Zeo Drifter is also on the way. I got a physical of that coming from Red Art Games. I'm really excited, even though I do have the digital because it was super cheap one day and I got it for like a couple bucks like way back. Played through that um, because I, I just, I love everything from Atui. Uh, my first experience was actually Mutant Muds and oh, another deliciously fond memory of how I came to know about that game in the first place. So in 2018, when Autumn and I went to Nepal for two months, I didn't have my Switch with me. I decided to leave it behind um, because we were going to be doing a, yeah, just like a bunch of rugged traveling and I wasn't really wanting to have it there. So anyway, I went two months, like just every day being like, oh my God, I cannot just like, like, I'm just so excited to get home and get back to the switch and back to buying games and, and playing games and seeing games. So, um, at the time we haven't done it lately, but GT and I, every once in a while, we do these like switch nights where we get together and we like showcase games that we're currently playing or ones we just picked up. So anyway, I remember the first time him and I hung out after getting back from our two month trip away. I was at his uh, parents' place, and he was showing me some games, and then he booted up Mutant Muds, and there was something about the visuals, the music, the platforming, everything about it was like just this bright, cheerful, sunny, like, adventure, as if we were back in the 90s playing something that was just like this really cool game. Like, there's just something so refreshing and awesome about mutant muds like the fact that max is like just this ordinary kid but he has like a, a little jetpack and a water gun and he's going around blowing away mutant muds and in such a cool situation like it's the first game it's the first platformer where you can go into the background the middle ground where like the main stuff happens or the foreground and for me that was like what like how awesome is that like and the fact that like when you're in the middle ground or the the foreground you can still see what's going on with enemies in the background so uh, like he showed me a little bit of that and i was just like i have got to get this game like i swear so i eventually got it and then they also announced the physical so i snagged that too when they did that i'm so thankful to have that um and then another game actually that he I'm getting way off topic, but another game that he introduced me to was Stardew Valley. Uh, that was like a no-brainer, and that was another one that, after seeing it, that became like eight hours a day job, and just, that was actually the game I was playing with Skyrim during that winter. So that was, that's another whole episode for way, or well, not way down the road, but like at some point we'll get around to just Stardew Valley, oh man because that game is so good so that's kind of like uh yeah getting back on track zeo drifter is on the way and the reason i know about that game is because i of the other atui games uh specifically yeah mutant muds like i said so anyway um dungeon of the endless and spirit of the north are coming from uh, signature edition games 
Now Autumn is getting uh, the Spirit of the North game because she's really into that kind of stuff. So I'm excited to see that. Um, but I went with Dungeon of the Endless because I, I checked out the trailer and it looked like my kind of thing. Even though, well, here's the thing. I'm not into tower defense games. They just don't really grip me like other games. Uh, I think the only one that I have been really into is Aegis Defenders because it's like half platforming and exploring and the other half is like a phase where you have uh, the tower defense so that was really cool and I love that game but there's just something about Dungeon of the Endless where it's like you're you're in this space whatever and you're shot down by some unknown something and uh, your pod crash crashes deep into I think it crashes and like digs into the soil to like as a precaution or something but then you're like Essentially, the whole idea is you have to protect this crystal as you work your way up the levels back to the surface of the planet. And, like, every choice can have, like, negative or positive consequences. And, like, I I recommend looking this up online. Like, it just sounds so, so cool. Um, Just, like, yeah, the way you go about it. So, anyway, all of these games, of course, we're going to be chatting about this in the podcast as they filter in. And uh, I'll just be sharing all the excitement and like, yeah, just the whole like journal, like, oh, this is that and all this kind of stuff. So anyway, that's kind of like what's on the go. As for, we're going to go on to pre-orders. A huge one is CrossCode for Switch. Now, if, if you guys do not know this game, you have got to at least look up the Switch trailer. Please, like, oh, a buddy at the time... I think this was in 2018 or maybe the start of 2019. He was streaming the PC version. And I swear, this is one of the best top-down games I have ever seen in my life. Everything from the incredibly beautiful and lush colors, the amazing pixel art, the awesome mechanics that they've built into this game, the controls, the fast-paced fights, and like... The temples you explore, the natural settings you explore, the dialogue, the story, the the amount of mystery, the amount of sheer intrigue, and everything that you slowly uncover. Eventually, I was like, you know what, man? <clears throat> I've got to stop watching this because I know this is going to... I know I'm going to play it someday. So, like, I do not want to see any more because everything I've seen is so good and so intriguing that, like, I do not want to spoil anything. So... <clears throat> the story is they were like oh like this is way back now and they were like oh like we can't bring it to switch because it was like something about html or whatever the hell it was um and then there was like no word but then not too long after that it was like oh well we can do it for switch and everyone went crazy and then it was like a year or something of complete silence and then boom out of nowhere a handful of days ago they just like dropped this announcement like oh by the way pre-orders for the physical version and the collector's version are going up uh like now and i was just like i'm there i'm there we're doing this so i've ordered pre-ordered that i am absolutely like blown away excited for cross code another thing that i didn't see coming but when i think about it it makes sense because it's like well yeah, of course, like, why wouldn't they? But Wizard of Legend was just announced uh, a couple days ago. And uh, at actually 
10 o'clock a.m. EST this morning is when the pre-order window opened up. So I think that's going for like a month or maybe a couple weeks or I'm not sure what, but Autumn and I are both going to be ordering copies of that because we both love that game. That's such a wicked game. Just the like the amount of spells and relics and uh, cloaks that you have at your disposal means this ridiculous amount of different combinations in terms of like your magical build essentially so if you haven't checked out that game please do um it's it's really cool so i'm really really excited that they are finally doing a physical for that it's well deserved so anyway i think it's time to kind of like squeeze in the giveaway details so anyway um a very good friend of mine who believes in my work and the podcast uh i won't they wanted to remain anonymous but I do have permission to at least refer to him as one of my many stellar uncles. So, yeah, this uncle yesterday offered me a key for Switch for uh, Hotline Miami. And I was like, well, yeah, that's like super cool. But are you sure you don't want to give it to someone else? Because like I've got like the physical pre-ordered. So like it might be awesome to like give someone else that opportunity since I technically have the game already. It's just not here yet. So I was like, well, what about if we do something where we do a giveaway? Maybe that would be exciting and a a great way to bless someone else. Um, So he was into that idea. So we kind of like brainstormed for just like a minute. And he said like, hey, what about like whoever comes up with the best uh, idea for a future podcast episode and I was like yeah you know what I'm totally all for that I think it would be really interesting a great way to just get some ideas circulating a little more interaction and someone can get a free game out of it so as for the details uh, that's pretty much all there is uh, you guys will have about a week I'd say maybe the cutoff point would be in, like this coming Thursday like I would like to have all the ideas in so yeah there's the question like here or here's the question what is the best idea that you would have for a future podcast episode or something that you think would be interesting um as long as it's like practical of course like as much as it would be awesome to like see emails coming in where it's like oh yeah like play uh, retro games on like an old school like big ass tv while you're skydiving like in the tv and the controllers and you were just falling through the air like that would be sweet and all but like it's probably not going to happen anytime soon um so yeah anyway you guys have about a week uh email your ideas to the uh email podcast at gmail.com and i'm really excited to like look these over and uh yeah, we'll just Uncle Blank, I'll just call him Uncle Blank for now, and myself will go over the uh, the results that come in, and that will be announced in the next episode. I will probably save it uh, for the end or something like that, and then announce it there. But uh, yeah, so that's really cool. Like, I, I wasn't expecting any anything like this to kind of like be thrown into the mix, but it was like, yeah, an opportunity was there and we decided to do something creative with it and I'm really excited. So thank you, Uncle Blank, for that. I'm really stoked to be, uh, yeah, just like sharing in this way. I think that's really cool. So anyway, that's the giveaway details. Um, so I think we can kind of get into like the uh, final phases of this episode. Um, what's in store for 
the future of this podcast in contrast to like what I'm doing with Shemoptopia, which is more of a solo thing. Because here's the thing, like Shemoptopia and Shmups, well, not Shemoptopia, but like Shmups in general are such a niche. And it's tricky because like, unless you have a big network of like people who can just like talk about the game and like I do know people like uh, I could definitely have like Uncle Trev on as a guest host here and there which is definitely going to happen at some point I know that uh, because like that's just bound to happen but it's just it's such a niche thing that like it kind of unless you know shmups like it's not like other things where you can just have guests on and chat about this or that like everything other than shmups is so much more open and approachable. So like I was just talking to Card Dreamer yesterday saying like, yeah, man, um, I'm going to be doing an SBP podcast in addition to the Shmoptopia because like there's just so much more room for getting other people on board, getting other people's voices heard and just getting into like awesome discussions. So Card Dreamer and I have a history of like discussion videos on YouTube. So he's definitely going to be um, having a presence to one degree or another on the Stonebeak Productions podcast. So I'm really excited for that because uh, that's been some of the the best content in the past. Like it's just always been like just so engaging, so much fun to do with him. So we're going to be looking into having some discussions in these episodes and stuff like that and uh, just seeing how he can be involved and get other people as well. And just make it more of like a two-person thing or maybe even a three-person thing as opposed to the Shmoptopia route, which is for the most part going to kind of just be like me doing my own thing and then having guests here and there. Uh, So yeah, we'll see how things go. We'll see how things grow and evolve and improve over time. Always open to suggestions as long as they're positive and constructive. Um, So yeah, that's kind of like what's in the works. And... I think that kind of wraps everything up. We're almost at uh, an hour and 20 minutes, I think. So that's a a nice chunk. It's been such a blast just sitting here and sharing and just revisiting memories and just going over all that stuff. So yeah, this, like I said, for the first episode of Shmoptopia, like this is just so exciting for me, just using this medium and just getting into podcasting and kind of like feeling this out and just seeing the potential that there is and just exploring like the same things but in a new way like it's just really really exciting for me so I want to thank everybody for being here and listening through if you if you listen through the whole thing that's amazing congrats for that because like it is a little on the long side compared to my half hour episodes on Shmoptopia which sometimes they will be longer guaranteed but uh yeah, anyway, that wraps that wraps it up. I want everybody to have a stellar day, and I cannot thank everybody enough. And be sure to leave your best idea for a future podcast episode, uh, like I said, at the uh, podcast at gmail.com address. And uh, yeah, we got lots of cool things in the works. Uh, it's going to develop as it does. I'm usually all about the organic approach, so... We'll see. We'll we'll see where things go. But yeah, like I keep saying nonstop, like I'm just so, so stoked. And it's just amazing to have um, awesome people along for the ride. So 
Yeah, that's that. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Have a good one, everybody, and we will see you next time.